I'm Matthew, and welcome to JesusIsLord.cc. Today we are continuing our series on What Did Jesus Say? Today's topic is tithe and offerings. If you attend a church service, you're probably used to a normal ritual that we do where we collect tithes and offerings for our Father. Many pastors will read scripture and will sometimes even force their members to tithe and offer money. But what did Jesus really say about this topic? You know, when I started this ministry, I asked God, what would you have for me to say to your people? And his response was to help his people build a truthful relationship with him. And I think this starts with us understanding exactly what Jesus taught. For Jesus is the new covenant. We are followers of Jesus. As Christians, we are followers of Christ. So that means that we abide by what Christ taught, not what man is teaching. Far too long we have listened to man and abided by man's rules and laws and regulations for their interpretation of the Bible. But really, what did Jesus say on this topic? Is it required to tithe? Is it required to give 10% as some members have to do for their church? Is it required to tithe at all? That's what we're going to dig into today. So before we get started, I do want to say that Jesus never talked about tithe and offering as a requirement. He mentioned tithes and offering in the context of explaining a situation or a story to the Pharisees. He said that they tithe, but they don't give back to the poor. They tithe as required by the law, but that's all they do. They're not tithing from their heart. They're doing it as a requirement. So when we look at the scripture for what Jesus said on this topic, Jesus talks about giving. He doesn't mention tithing or offering in particular, but he mentions giving. And I think that's where a lot of churches have shifted their opinion on tithes and offering. As you may hear, it's probably called give. It's a time to give to the Lord, a time to give to the ministry, time to give to the gospel. And I do want to make it clear that there's nothing wrong with that. As you will see in the scriptures that we're about to read, Jesus talks about giving to the poor. Jesus talks about giving back. And if you're giving to a ministry that gives to the poor, that helps the community and gives back, then you're doing exactly what Jesus wants us to do. But if you're giving to a ministry that you have no idea where your money goes, or you have no idea where your tithes goes, that could be a problem for you. So I would encourage you to sow into a ministry that you know is giving back and is not just paying the bills and lining the pastor's pockets, as a lot of ministries do. But also, too, you don't have to give to a a formal church, for we are the church. We are the body of Christ. What you can do is give back to the poor for yourself. You can contribute to an organization that is doing exactly what you want to do, but you're not able to do on the scale that you want it to be. But as simple as giving a cup of sugar or giving of some clothing or donating time, that's exactly what you need to be doing. That's all that Jesus is requiring for us to do. We don't have to go and give money every single time. 
because that's not what Jesus asked of us. Jesus never even mentioned giving money. He said to sell our possessions and give to the poor, but his instructions were more so give to the poor. So first, let's start reading in the book of Luke. Luke 6, 38. This is probably a scripture that you've heard several times if you attend church or services where they talk about giving. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Notice Jesus is talking about give. It's not talking about money. It's just talking as a vague subject of giving. So we have to look at Jesus's other teachings to determine what does he mean by giving? What does he mean by give and we will get back what we give with good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over? So let's continue. Matthew 6, 2 through 4. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Notice Jesus is talking about giving to the poor here, not talking about giving to a church. He's talking about giving to those that are in need. Let's read some more. Mark 10, 17 through 23. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all of these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But at these words he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, says to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. So we can use this as an example of, a, of what Jesus would have for us to do. Now, I don't believe that Jesus wants us to sell everything we own and live on the streets because that's just not feasible in our situation. But in probably this man's situation, when Jesus was talking to him, he probably had an abundance of property and an abundance of wealth. So what Jesus was wanting him to do was to sell those possessions and to give back to the poor, give them to people that are in need. And that's exactly what Jesus would want from us as well. If you're someone that is sitting on five or six, seven or eight different types of items that you no longer use, you only use one at a time, or maybe you have a whole entire cl closet full of clothing and you only wear maybe 20 or 30 different tops, those are things that you should give back. Give back to those in need. Bless someone else who might be needing them. Bless someone else who might be in a, a terrible time in their life. Maybe they just had a fire in their house, or maybe they just had a flood, and they lost everything that they have. And now they're looking for someone like you to give back, someone like you to give to them so that they might start over in their life. 
If you have an extra pair of shoes that you haven't worn in years or you don't wear at all because they're too small, this might be something that you can give back. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. Let's take a look at Proverbs 19.7. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. This is further reiterating what Jesus taught. You know, Proverbs was written many, many centuries before Jesus walked the earth, but the message still stands today. Let's look at Luke 14, 12 through 14. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, this is Jesus speaking, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the cripple, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Once again, this is Jesus teaching us about giving to those that are in need. So, of course, like I said earlier, I'm not saying that we should not give into ministries, that we should not donate our funds into ministries because that's what keeps them going and that's what keeps them funded to be able to spread the gospel. But it's also not required. Jesus never taught that we have to give a 10% or we have to give a certain percentage. I've heard a lot of Christians that they don't go to church on days that they don't have any money to give to the offering. That's not what Jesus would want from us. That's not our purpose for going to service. Our purpose to go to service is to get filled and get renewed and get joy and get lively inside the presence of our Father. But many churches have turned this offering, this tithe, into a money-grabbing agenda. Some of them are lining their own pockets. Some of them are buying planes, spending it on lavish lifestyles instead of giving back to the poor. So I would encourage you to ask yourself this question. Are you giving into a ministry that has good fruits? Are you giving into a ministry that is living the life that Jesus would, would want for them to live? Are they giving back to the poor? Are they doing things for the community that maybe you don't have the opportunity to do? If not, I encourage you to do that on your own. As a follower of Christ, we are going to be responsible for our individual contribution to this world and to the kingdom. So if you are not taking a personal responsibility to give back, like Jesus has instructed, you will have to answer to that one day. This is not a message to scare you, but it's a message to encourage you, a message for you to look into your own life and realize, hey, I don't need this anymore. I can give it back. You know, I'm about to be moving into a, a new house within the next few weeks. So right now I am packing up a lot of things, but my mission is to really give as much as I can away for the things I don't need. The bare minimals is all I need. If I have extra silverware, if I have extra glasses, if I have extra Tupperware, things that I just have an abundance of that are just sitting on a shelf that are not being used, those are things I want to give back. Give back to the community and to people that are in need that could use that. So I encourage you to do the same. That's what Jesus would have for us. So let's look at a few more scriptures. Matthew 5.40 if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. Matthew 5.42 Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. 
Matthew 10:42. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So, like I said, Jesus is not talking about giving money here. He's talking about giving good deeds. He's talking about giving your coat. He's talking about giving your shirt. He's talking about giving a cup of cold water. How many times have you driven by the homeless person on the corner and you've done nothing? I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that as well. But I wish to do better with that. And I encourage you to do better as well. So many times the, the homeless people are looking for money. But maybe if we offered them a bag of chips, we offered them a piece of fruit, we offered them a sandwich, we offered them a basket full of, of clothing, how much more would that bring joy to them? How much more would that bring life to them? Because money is only going to last for so long. But a piece of clothing may last for much longer. A new pair of shoes might last much longer for somebody. So I encourage you to give back. Give back more than just money. Not saying that money is wrong to give into the kingdom, but I encourage you to do more. That's what Jesus would have for us to do. And remember, it's not required, no matter what your church may tell you. I encourage you to look up these scriptures for yourself. Investigate what did Jesus really say on this topic. You will be surprised. It's not required for us to give money. It is required for us to give, but it's not required for us to give money. It's required for us to give back to the poor and those in need, but not for monetary gains. So now I would like to invite anyone that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior to accept him now. He would love a relationship with you. This is also for people that maybe at one time accepted Christ, but have grown cold and would like to get into a good standing with him again. For John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This eternal life is talking about heaven, being in paradise, where there will be no more worry, there will be no more pain, no more sin. It will be true paradise. You have a choice, and that choice is Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to put a prayer on the screen. If you could say it aloud with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. And thank you for shedding your blood for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Today, I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I turn my back on the world and will follow in your path, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, I invite you to visit our website. We have a lot of information to help you on your new walk with Christ.